what we do is we want to give to the world a platform where you don't feel you waste your time. You feel you learn or you feel emotionally fulfilled. It's not a learning platform, okay? It's not a self-development platform, but you feel emotionally fulfilled. And you understand why you have that type of content recommended. You understand why you have different point of view and opinion, okay, around a given item. And we want to do that in a safe way that you won't get harmful comment. We want to make sure that you won't leave the platform because it has damaged your mental health. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Stack Overflow podcast. My name is Cassidy Williams, and I'll be your host today, along with Ciora Ford. Hi, everyone. We are super excited to have a guest today, Guillaume, and he is the COO of Daily Motion. Daily Motion is a French video sharing technology platform, and we're super excited to have you on the show, Guillaume. Uh, thank you very much. Hi, Cassidy. Hi, Ciora. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be with you today as well. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Could you tell us a little bit more about Dailymotion? Yeah, of course. Dailymotion is a video platform that has been there for a long time, actually, more than 15 years. So we, we've been in that space for quite a long time, and we've seen that industry evolving. We actually do two things. We provide to publishers a complete suite for the publishers to manage their video content. I have to say that we had it recently, the ability to manage audio content as well. So we provide a complete suite, end-to-end, for content management, content distribution, and content monetization as well for publishers everywhere at global scale. And in addition to that, we own and manage Dailymotion.com and the associated apps as a destination platform. Very cool. And can you tell us a little bit more about what you do at Dailymotion? Like what your day-to-day is like? As a chief operating officer, my, my role is to, is to make sure the entropy is reduced at its minimum, basically, between all the teams <laughs> and make sure we deliver. But I think... Concretely, it means making sure we have the right strategy set according to our, I would say, capability, because the, the industry we're working in is probably the most competitive industries out there at the moment, if you look at the competitors. So it's make sure we have a strategy that makes sense, something that can differentiate us. What brought you to Daily Motion? What what excited you about it when you first joined, however long ago that was? <laughs> that was 2013, so so. Eight, nine years now, I have to nine say. Nine years well, ago, I didn't realize, so Nine years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have to be honest, when I joined, I joined, uh, I took a role that was about uh, making sure the engineering team can scale. So that was about daily motion moving from 50 engineers to um, approximately 100. And I took the job thinking it's a transformation job and it's going to be a, a 12 months, 18 months job. And it, it's been now nine years, but don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm done with that part of the first mission I had to do. I'm, I've done different jobs down the road from, from that role to CTO, CPO, and now chief operating officer. I think what took me to the emotion is, as you say, the space, the industry, the, the video industry, the audio industry is a growing market. It's really growing fast. And it's actually very cool to work in a market that is growing than the opposite. But the second thing I have to be honest that attract me to the emotion is to be not the underdog, but to be a bit smaller than the other player in the area, but still with great values, great talents. And how can we still have a great story while we are a smaller company? I think I've been attracted by the challenge. I, have to say. I was thinking to myself when I heard about your responsibilities of helping with scaling and strategy and all that kind of stuff. 
when I think about those kind of things, it stresses me out. <laughs> and I can imagine that at a lot of companies, especially at startups, you're trying to make a name for yourself in a space, especially like video where it can be hard to stand out. I can imagine that that can be something that can seem like very daunting. So for you, day to day, how do you manage that like part of it? Yeah, I think the, um, it's not all about the way we organize, but it's it's a lot about the way we're organized. Being not necessarily the smallest, but a small player in that space, obviously it comes with some challenges, but it comes with, I would say, positive things about our ability to react fast, about our ability to be close to our clients and partners and users and customers. You have more flexibility, you are at higher velocity, your ability to adapt is faster, the decision process and is, is really fast. It's all about the way you organize the team and organize your, somehow you, you industrialize your production engine. It's all about that. And in addition, I have to be honest and say that I'm blessed. It's about the talents you manage to recruit. We have to say that in order to do what we do with the side of the team, the way we hire on the people we have, let's be honest, they're great. And that makes a big difference. The company is headquartered in Paris. Is, are most people in Paris at the company or is it a mostly remote company now? So it's mostly a remote company now. The original headquarters is in Paris. We still have a lot of people in France and in Paris, but I'm saying France more than Paris because we have offices and people everywhere in France, but actually everywhere in the world. We're global. I think it's important. We have uh, um, offices in, in New York. We have team in the US, team in APAC. 15 years ago, there was a French-funded company with a lot of French, and they were focusing on the French market. And this is no longer the case. Like the French market is not even 10% of our audience globally now. We really have a global wow. audience with global offices. So we remote, I would say, but globally remote in a way, globally distributed. How has the transition in the pandemic been with everybody being much more fully remote? I have to say that we were very lucky for two reasons. Reason why one of our core principles and core value is caring matters that we do have at the emotion and we do care about our people we do care about what they go through and how we operate and how we can make sure they're safe and feel safe while they operate and work with us so the first thing i have to say is because of those value and the way we implement that on a daily basis we already had the framework to take care of our people during that transition and the second reason why we are lucky is because of the nature of our business the tools, the equipment we have, the infrastructure, the software, everything was, I would not say 100% ready to go from non-remote to fully remote in no time, but I would say 90% of it was ready. So we had a couple of uh, stuff to deal with, like uh, extra licenses for the conference system <laughs> that we did not plan ahead, that we had to take, a bunch of stuff to do with some providers, uh, that were distributed globally that needed to access the VPN and scale up the VPN, for example. The VPN was not sized for that amount of remote people walking through the VPN. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Other than that, we we managed to move from non-remote to fully remote overnight. And we did take the decision prior than the government asked us and pushed us as a company to push for remote. So we were a bit ahead on that, again, based on that vision that caring of our people is the most important thing for us. This is really what we have at the end of the day. Of course, we own an infrastructure and stuff like that. But but at the end of the day, what makes us different is, is our people. I wanted to take a step back a little bit and kind of hear more about what your 
career journey was like or career path i should say at daily motion yeah that's a great question i often get that question and i'm I'm not sure i have the best answer to that because i did not spend much time thinking about what would be a great answer to that <laughs> but prior i, I joined daily motion I, I worked a couple of years in the media space for a consulting company an american-based consulting company and and what i've learned in that company is everything is important if you want to succeed not personally but as a team everything is important it means that i never really made a choice between i want to be a product specialist or i want to be a technology specialist or i want to be an organization specialist or i want to be a management specialist or i want to be a people specialist and i refuse to take a decision i said what if i'm a specialist for everything which <laughs> might sound a little bit arrogant but at least it was the vision what would you say are some of the challenges you like what were some of the issues that maybe you didn't expect or even some that you did expect and how did you kind of navigate those i have to say that i started to be a ceo during the pandemic as well so i don't know which one brings the highest level of challenges if it's the pandemic <laughs> or if it's being a ceo we will Might never be a know. healthy combo of both <laughs> yeah i think the, the complexity really in my role is to make sure that all the teams uh, align on the vision and the strategy and then once it's done let's say from the very top of of it then making sure that every let's say stage of the rocket we align and we have everything in place to reduce the entropy when we operate and this is one of the things that prior my CEO role actually i started with the team to put together our new organization model and release that model about how we want to work to make sure we are as efficient as possible and being efficient, while we're probably um, a small company in that industry, but we're not a small company. It's 300 people that you need to make sure that we work together, hand in hand, full remote during a pandemic, while you continue to recruit and onboard new people that you've never seen. And this is not a job that you do alone. So this is not just me. This is me and the team and the other department and the people department and how do we take care of that. But I think the organizational model is very important for us to succeed in such a challenging industry. I think I've discovered that communication is like one of the hardest things to get right. So I'm interested in hearing too, how you view communicating, collaborating across a distributed team. It's a very, very good question. And I think the person who has the absolute correct answer to that question is going to be very, very successful if she or he writes a book about it. But I can <laughs> give you my, my point of view about that. That's, so that, it's definitely not easy. It's really not easy. Yeah. And, and again, going back to the way we're organized, I think it's very important to do a bunch of things that, let's say, facilitate and nurture a good environment to be successful and making sure the communication is smooth and people are, feel great in contributing to, to the overall project. I think it's about being able to know exactly what we're doing as a team and as an individual. So what is it that we want to do? What is my impact as a talent into that bigger picture? So it's about having a purpose as a team and having a clear vision of how, as an individual, I'm going to impact that purpose. That's the two first things I would say. I think it's very important as well to recognize and acknowledge the skills of everyone and be able to create an environment that where you feel safe to express yourself. I think the safety is a notion. I It took me time to realize that as a manager, that the best thing I can do for my team is not always to clarify what KPI we go after but making sure I can create an environment that is safe for the people, that it can mm. express the adopt concern that they feel listened to, that they feel they can have an impact. So if you give a purpose 
if you set right the purpose, if every individual understands the impact they're going to have into that overall purpose, so that they know why they do the work. It's not just they know what they do, it's why they do the work. If you create an environment that they, that where they feel safe, and if you clear on the ownership as well, I have to say, someone needs to decide what we do, someone needs to decide when we do, someone needs to decide how we do, and it cannot be the same person. Some people are great at deciding how we should do things. Some people are great at deciding when we should do things because of the organization cadence and time. And some other people are great at what we do, but don't know when and don't know how. But if you combine that, then we got a great, let's say, recipe or the as best as possible recipe to make sure it can work. So purpose, knowing your impact, safe environment, and the ability to know what everyone brings into the picture. Be clear about that. I would not say that's the perfect perfect recipe, but if you manage to do that, you already have something solid in place. I love that so much. I think the aspect of psychological safety on a team to be able to bring things up and chat out problems, things you like, things you don't like, that's something that I think especially a lot of new managers don't realize how important it is. Because you can say, you can come to me with anything, but if they feel like that might not go well, they won't. Being able to build that kind of environment, it's a real skill to be able to develop and and show people that they can trust you as a manager that you'll do right by the team. Yeah, absolutely. I never thought about like the person who knows what to do, how to do it, when to do it could all be different people. That's something really interesting that I'm going to try to take to my job as well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One question I wanted to bring up too, what does the company do that makes them stand out in a market that is hard to stand out in? I think on on a true side of the business, as you understood, we have, let's say, our B2B business where we provide solutions to publishers and businesses. I think I have to be honest, we, we, we have the best content management distribution and monetization platform out there. The reason is more than 50 years of experience running that and implementing that. So the team we have has managed to put us at the highest on that for management, distribution, monetization. We own the entire chain so we can customize it. We know the data, it's transparent, and that's what makes us very different. So we don't rely on anyone else than us to do it. So that means we own the product. We know how we can impact the product very, very, very fast. And the second thing that is important in that business is because we've been executing this and optimizing this over 15 years, we do that at a very efficient cost, which is great news for our partners. So they can save money and they can actually generate money with our solution, which is quite unique. On the B2C side of things, which is the destination side of things, so dailymotion.com and the app, We've made a pivot a couple of uh, years ago after the acquisition by Vivendi or, or Shareholder, where we had to get rid of all the crap. The platform was full of crap, crap content, crap audience, and that was not great, and the promise was not there. So we had to rebuild from scratch the platform, and we had to focus to professional medias and publishers in terms of content. And what we do here is a unique platform that is safe for our users. And we do have plans for the next years. And I, I, I cannot tell much right now about it. Uh, uh, <laughs> tell us your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's very unique. Uh, what we believe is I, I cannot tell you the positioning and what we're going to go after. Well, what I can tell you is the reason why we're changing. And I'll be happy to come back one day and present in a few months what yeah. we've done. But I want to say something. I think the video and content platform especially the free one. I'm not talking about the paid premium movie platform, I'm talking about the free video platform. 
we, because I include myself in this, but that industry failed in bringing to people a product that you will be proud to use and feel safe if your kids would be using it. Mm. You don't feel safe when you bring a video free platform to your kid or to someone. And what I'm trying to say by that is there is a need. We know it from a lot of research we've done. There is a need for a safe platform for people to express themselves in video and in audio in a safe way without the fear of the trash and, and harmful comment and racism and sexism and sexist, sorry, comment. And so what we see here is an opportunity to do a different platform that will stand out from the others in the ability to bring a safe environment for people to express themselves in video. And we're pretty convinced about that. I, I would love to share more, but I'm going to have to come back. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Come Please back. come back because I want to talk about this so much. <laughs> <laughs> what I can tell you is we've done a research, global research of, of more than 2,500 people, young people, older people that we interviewed. And, and what I can tell you is that they have four feedback, actually, when it comes to this video platform. And they use it. They, they're not saying that they don't use it, but they have four, feed, four feedback. They're saying that at the end of their time spent on the platform, they feel empty. They feel that they wasted the time. It's not the case 100% of the time, but they, they most of the time and often feel empty when they don't consume content. They mm. feel that the algorithm locks them into the same type of content, that, that there is a very, very strong feeling of sameness. And what we do is we want to give to the world a platform where you don't feel you waste your time you feel you learn or you feel emotionally fulfilled. It's not a learning platform, okay? It's not a self-development platform, but you feel emotionally fulfilled and you understand why you have that type of content recommended. You understand why you have different point of view and opinion, okay, around a given item. And we want to do that in a safe way that you won't get harmful comment. We want to make sure that you won't leave the platform because it has damaged your mental health. That might not be the root and the direction to hyperscale, but we know there's a need and we have to do better than what we do at the moment. And when I say we, it's not just daily motion, it's the video industry. Well, I'm excited. We'll have yeah, to invite I'm you so back on. for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So I'm going to share a lifeboat. Now, a lifeboat badge on Stack Overflow is where you have an answer score of 20 or more to a a question score of negative three or less that goes on to receive a score of three or more. And this lifeboat badge was awarded to Swati Karan, who answered a question about an error, E-A-C-C-E-S, permission denied. We'll share a link to that in the show notes. I've been Cassidy Williams. You can find me at Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O, on most things. And I'm your other co-host, Ciora Ford. You can find me on Twitter at Ciorio, that's C-E-E-O-R-E-O underscore. And Guillaume, thank you very much for having me on the show. Can't wait to talk to you again. Us too. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.